Good morning. God's good, and uh, we're going to be talking about joy. We're on our emotions series today. Now, it's kind of funny. Joy is not actually not an emotion, but we're going to talk about it anyway, man. But it's uh, it's something that gives um, foundation to some of our emotions. You know, a lot of times we search for happiness, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Where happiness can lead you and lead you into the wrong places, right? I mean, Amen. If you're in the search for happiness, uh, you're in trouble, okay? And so because happiness can get you into a place of humanistic thinking, of consumerism, and that's all you're searching for, and happiness, how many, how many guys know is fleeting? It can be here one moment and gone the next. How many guys ever experienced that, amen? And so, um, but, but since we're talking about joy, I have some jokes for you today. I know some of you laugh and some of you have not been here to hear my jokes, but anyway... Um, it, there was a pastor, and his Sunday sermon was, for, forgive your enemies. And toward the end of the service, he asked his congregation, how many have you forgiven your enemies? And about half raised his hand, and he's a little concerned. He, and so he, he mentioned it again, how many of you have forgiven your enemies? And then, then about 80% of it, and he, he really wants his church to really you know, be nice and forgive their enemies and be Christ-like. So he asked again, how many of you have forgiven your enemies and then almost everyone raised their hand except this one little old lady didn't raise her hand and so he th- thought she had a heart of hearing she couldn't hear so he, he kind of yelled it out belted it out how many of you have forgiven your enemies and everyone raised their hand except for that little old lady and so he looked at her and he says mrs jones um, are you not willing to forgive your enemies? So that's just kind of an idea for you. If I ever ask you to raise your hand, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> but anyway, he asked Mrs. Jones, have you, ever, have, you ever, you have, have you not forgiven your enemies? And Mrs. Jones says, says uh, well, I don't have any enemies. And uh, uh, the preacher said, Mrs. Jones, that's kind of unusual. How old are you? She says, 93. And he says, oh, Mrs. Jones, uh, you know, it's, it's a blessing uh, and a lesson uh, to all of us on how you can live 93 years and not have any enemies. Can you come up to the front and tell us how you have done that, how you've lived this, this long life and never had any enemies? So she gets up and walks out to the front, and, and she takes the mic, and she looks at him, and she says, because I've outlived all those old hags. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's not the way to do it. But anyway, um, <laughs> preach. Yes. <laughs> Let me give you another one. There was, a, there was a priest, there was a Baptist minister, and there was a rabbi. And they were all in this competition. Who can do the better job um, of being a minister? And, uh, and so they decided to you know, go out and search for a bear and attempt to convert the bear. And so later they got back together after they had done their exploits and began to talk about it. And the priest says, when I found the bear, I read him from the catechism and sprinkled him with holy water. The next week he is going to be his first communion. And then the Baptist minister said, I found the bear by the stream and I preached God's holy word. And the bear was mesmerized by my preaching and he let me baptize him. And they both looked down at the rabbi who was on a, a gurney and in a full body cast. And the rabbi says, looking back, maybe I shouldn't have started with, with uh, circumcision. (Laughter) 
Joy, amen. <laughs> amen. Well, you know, we're, we, are, we are looking at emotions. And uh, one of the things is we do not want emotions to lead us. You don't want to be led by your happiness, your sadness, your ang- ang- being angry. You don't want to be led by emotions. Because emotions um, are to tell you maybe there's something wrong or there's something you can laugh at. But they're not supposed to be something that you're being led by. And so we are usually searching for the long, wrong things in life. We all want to be happy. The problem is happiness is nothing compared to the joy that God has given us. Because happiness has limits. Happiness has limits. Joy is eternal. Happiness comes and goes based on what is happening to you at that time. And it can be an up and down roller coaster. And if you kind of, if you want to try to define what joy is, it includes you. You would probably use things like gladness, happiness, contentment, delight. But that's describing the emotions of joy. Joy affects your emotions in a good way. It gives stability to your emotions. Joy really is a, is distinctively a, a Christian word. It's a Christian thing, and it's a re, really a, a reverse of happiness because happiness is the result of what's happening. And if you're in agreement with it, but joy springs down from deep inside of you. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Joy is not moved by your circumstances. And uh, so what gets, what, how can you have joy when there's trouble going on? You know, the Bible tells us to take joy in those troubled times. How can you have joy when circumstances don't line up to it? And see, that's the thing that we have to understand, that we as believers, if you're a believer in here, that means you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then, then you can have joy no matter what is going on around you. You know what? You can be angry and still have the joy of the Lord, right? You can be angry. And, and listen, this joy inside of you keeps things from getting, be, from you being offended, from you when you are angry, it doesn't affect you in the way that uh, most of the times it would. And But a lot of people were searching for happiness more than anything. Now, Paul is a man that, that um, can tell us how to have joy in troubled times. He's had troubled times. He, we can learn a lot from the, him in his lifestyle. And so he wrote a book to the Philippian church, and it's called Philippians. You can turn to Philippians chapter 1 in your Bibles. And, uh, and he planted this church, and he loved this church dear, dearly. But what happened is Paul went on a missionary journey and, and a trip to Rome, and he ended up in jail. And he was chained to a soldier. I mean, he was chained to a soldier. A soldier was always with him for two years in a dungeon, waiting for his execution. This is when he penned Philippians. Now, a lot of times what we would have done, uh, um, uh, maybe I, I know probably I would have done, I would have started complaining about my situation to everybody else. Woe is me. This is how I'm living, you know. But, but Paul had something different in him because he, he, he realized the joy of the Lord. I mean, I, I mean he, he, he had the joy of the Lord. Now, he had a lot of problems, but his focus wasn't on those problems. And look what he says here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. I mean, this guy wasn't complaining about his situation. He was really focusing on others. How could he focus on other things when he is in a miserable situation? 
Now, you got to understand that he understood the joy of the Lord. You can be in a miserable situation and still have the joy of the Lord and still be have that emotion of happiness that's not based off circumstance, that's based off the joy of God. And see, we need to get to that point because a lot of Christians, that's what we do. We, we live a life that we're always trying to find something to make me happy. I had someone uh, come in for um, counseling a number of years ago, and they were about ready to get divorced. And, and, and this person said, one of, the, one of the, 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 the wife and the husband both said this at different times, God just wants me to be happy. I'm thinking, where, has, where did God say that at? God doesn't want you to be happy. There's nowhere in the Bible that is scriptural that says God wants you to be happy. There is joy, but not happiness. Because God knows happiness is an emotion. And we can be led by that emotion. Well, I want to be happy, so I'm going to change my life to make myself happy. Guess what? You're always changing your life because it never makes you happy. You buy the new car. It doesn't make you happy after a while. Because when 36,000 miles come and your, your, your um, warranty runs out, guess what happens? It breaks down. Right? <laughs> Hopefully not, but that's what happens. Nothing's going to make you happy. But there's joy that we can have. You know, Paul had a lot of problems. But he knew something about not to pursue happiness, but pursue Christ to have the joy of God. Because happiness is not lasting. You know, someone asked me one time and said, Sean, does, are you and Lisa happily married? I said, nope. <laughs> we have times of happiness, but there's sometimes Lisa wants me to take a long walk on a short pier. <laughs> it's not always happy. You're not always happy in the Apking house, trust me. And it's usually my fault, but it's not always happy. You know, a lot of times you see on social media, you know, no one puts on social media their fights. You never see some couple live streaming their, their arguments. <laughs> right? They're always kissing. That's all you see, right? And, and you think, oh, I, I wish I had that. Trust me. They have exactly what you have, a messed up life, a messed up relationship, right? You never put your bad things, unless you're complaining about them, on social media, unless you want pity or something or help or a prayer. But happiness is something a lot of people pursue, and in our consumer culture, we want that. So what happens, not only... You may be going through some hard times and you don't feel the joy of the Lord. Listen, trust me, the joy of the Lord's inside of you. And we'll talk about how to, how to access that in a minute. But what happens in the mundane times of life? Where things are kind of boring. Where there's not a lot of activity. Your vacation is months and months away, right? What happens during those times? Can you have joy? Can you be excited? Can you... Can you love life? You know, I've, I've seen people change their lifestyle so they can grasp on to this happiness because it's almost like a drug. See, if you're doing that, you're being led by happiness and not by the joy of the Lord. See, the joy of the Lord makes you stable. It produces emotions of happiness, not, but not because of circumstances. It's because it's based on who Christ is. Joy is not an emotion. 
Joy is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a part of the foundation of the God kind of life that he gives us. Joy is knowing the truth of God and his word about you and about your situation at all times. See, happiness is external. Everything on the outside has to be perfect. No rainy days, right? Everything has to be perfect. It's based on what's happening right now. Joy, though, is internal. See, if Paul was ruled by external circumstances, he, his life would have been a mess. He was shipwrecked. He had a snake bit. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was stoned. And he was abandoned. He wasn't moved by that. I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 18, Paul writes this. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, through outwardly, we are wasting away. How many of you guys feel that? Outwardly, you are wasting away, right? Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an external glory that far outweighs them all. So this is what he says. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. It's so important. See, if you're being led by happiness, you're fixing your eyes on what is seen. And if it's not right, guess what? If you're not going to be happy, you're going to be sad. If you're not going to be happy, you're going to be depressed. Because you're fixing your eyes on things in this life. On the external things, and you can't do that. You've got to fix your eyes on what is, not, what is unseen. In the spiritual, on what God has for you. For what is seen is temporary. If you've been searching after happiness, you understand that very well. Because happiness is fleeting. It comes and it goes. It's depending on circumstances. It's depending on other things. But joy is dependent on who God is. And he is never changing. He is all this. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can trust his word. Amen? So he says, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is, is eternal. See, happiness is based on circumstances. You know, the word happy comes from the Latin word hap, which means circumstance or luck. So if everything works out, I'm happy. If I'm lucky, I'm happy. Circumstances, really the circle, circle of your stance, the place where you are, the place where you have decided to dwell. And I'm pretty happy if everything... Uh, if I'm under my circumstances are going well, you know, and you can't live that way. That's not the life that God has for you. Happiness is what happens to you, but joy is what is produced in you. I love that. Joy is based on Jesus. Joy is based on him. It doesn't make, you know, if my, my, my relationship with my wife is not always happy. Let me say this. Her relationship with me is not always happy, right? We don't always have happiness. Sometimes, you know, it's a it's a it's a knockdown, drug out fight. She's this little little Hispanic person that starts going Ricky Ricardo on me all the time, and <laughs> oh Lord, help me. She says she's uh, five foot one, but she's really five foot. But she, don't, don't, 
I, you know, I can't run anymore. I used to be able to run away. I can't. <laughs> it's kind of scary sometimes. But anyway, I, Lisa, if you're watching, I love you. She's in Canada right now. I love you so much. Anyway, but she'll tell you the same thing, is that it's not always happened. But listen, that doesn't affect my love for her. It doesn't affect her love for me. Our relationship is not based on everything going well. Our relationship is based on Christ Jesus. And guess what? Because of him, everything does go well. It may not go well at the time I want it. Right? But it's based on loving Jesus, on his word and who he is. And I can still love her. Even when we're yelling at each other and mad. That love doesn't change. See, that's the thing about, about this world. It changes based on circumstances. Even love changes based on circumstances. You know, it says, I love you, but do you really love me? So you love me because I see you do things. And there's nothing wrong in that. And that's something that's part of what love does. Love is definitely action. But it's not based on, God's love is based on this. He says, I love you. If you want me to say anything else, there's nothing else I can say. Because that's all he says. It's not based on anything you do or I do. He loves us. Amen? And see, joy is the same way. Joy is not based on circumstances. Joy is based on knowing God and trusting in Him. And that's why Paul says, For I have learned, in Philippians 4.11, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. No matter what. Because happiness is based on chance. You're baking on everything going well. If that's your life, you're living a wrong kind of life. That's not the God kind of life. Because joy is based on choice. I choose joy. You have a choice. It doesn't matter. You have a choice. All of us have a choice. You have a choice to choose. Because you've got to understand, everybody has problems. All of God's children has problems. All of people who don't know God has problems. And Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, This day I've called heaven and earth as witnesses against you that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. We have a choice. And the thing about it is, you have joy inside of you as a believer. It is deposited by the Holy Spirit inside of you. And it's something that I have to choose every day. Every morning I wake up, I have to choose joy. And I have to allow that to, to happen no matter what's going on in my circumstances. And it's so easy, I know, because I, you know, you've heard my story about depression. You've heard my story about, about, about sadness and about circumstances. Listen, I understand pain. I've gone through it. My life is not perfect. I understand that. But I have to choose joy. I have to wake up every morning. I pray. I get up and I, I get on the side of my bed and I stand up. And I'm believing God for my healing. But still to this day, I wake up and I stand up and I have to reach for my canes. Now there's going to be a day I believe in God. There's going to be a day that I don't have to do that. But I'm not going to allow me reaching for my canes as a defeat. I'm going to choose joy. And I'm going to thank God. You can't do that. 
You can't allow circumstances to guide you and lead you. You've got, and I know, I'm not, I'm not saying the problems that you have aren't, aren't hard, because I know they're hard, they're, they're not easy. But you've got to have joy no matter what happens. Philippians 1, 9, Paul prays this for the Philippians, and this is so good. He says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be, be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise to God. He didn't pray for happiness for them. This is really where joy will affect your happiness, that you know Jesus. So when bad things happen, when things you're your happenings, your, your circumstances doesn't line up. How do you have joy? Let me give you four things real quickly. That's going to help you. This helps me every day. Every day I go through things. Every day I, I, I work with people that are going through things. And it's, it's hard not to keep your joy. But this is not, this is not something that is, um, it's something that you're going to have to work at. It's something that you're going to have to believe by faith and step into. You know, when all the circumstances were going down around me with my sickness, I had to choose joy. And I had to get scripture and I had to, I had to make a choice. I had to stand in faith. I didn't feel like joy, right? I didn't have that feeling of joy. But I had to get up and I had to start speaking God's word and I had to choose it. I had to make myself choose it every day. If I didn't, there's going to be some problems. I remember in 2009 when I was, was my, my numbness was starting to happen. And I didn't know I had swelling in my back. Um, we knew something was going on. They were throwing out all these words that were scary words. You know, the doctors were. And I wasn't preaching that Sunday. I was back in this area over here. And I remember the Lord spoke a word to me because Lisa was pregnant. We're about ready to have joy, Victoria Joy. And he says, I want you to name her. We hadn't named her yet. And he gave me this word. He says, I want you to name her Victoria Joy because in my joy, you will find victory. And I love that. And so we named Joy, and it reminds me every time I look at her, and she is a joy if you know her, that... that um, we named her Victoria Joy, and that every time I see my daughter, which is every single day, that reminds me that I'm going to have victory in the joy of the Lord. I'm not going to find it in my circumstances. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be happy when I receive my healing, but it doesn't mean I'm not happy now. It doesn't mean I don't have that joy that's affecting it now. And a lot of people look at me and say, Sean, how can you be, how can you be like you are? Because, because I'm not focused on this. So here are some things on how to have the joy of the Lord that's not affected by circumstances. Number one, you've got to give over the distractions of what happened. You've got to get over the distractions of the problems that you're in. Some never get past the disappointment. You've got to get past that. You cannot focus on that. You can't continually analyze what went wrong. Notice what Paul does in first, for, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He says, Now I want you to know... Brethren, or brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now this, this guy, 
is in chain, he's chained to another soldier. He is in prison right now. His, his outcome looks bleak. I mean, you think you have troubles. He is in trouble. Okay? And so he knew that his plans didn't work out. That wasn't his plan to go to Rome and, uh, and be in jail. I'm sure his plan was go to Rome and see thousands of people come to Christ and him free, you know, and seeing everything happen. But it didn't work out that way. God, had, that God is doing something else in his life. And so a lot of times what we do is when problems happen, we get bogged down in the endless whys. Why God? Why God? Why God? Why did this happen? Instead of asking why, we really need to ask God what? what what's next? God, what, what are you going to do to turn this around? God, what, what, is, what is the next thing that is going to happen? Now, God, what do you want to show me right now? we got to change that. you got to get off of your disappointments. I know disappointments. I can't be there. I can't stay there. It doesn't mean that I don't go back and, 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 and complain a little bit. But I've got to get back on track and I've got to say, God, okay, what is next? What is next? God, show me what is happening. That's why Paul says, now, now I know, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Do you know what eventually happened? Even some of Caesar's household got saved because of Paul. Isn't that cool? Because of this, his imprisonment, basically, eventually, all of Rome became a Christian nation. Because of this event. See, the thing about it is, God, okay, I may be going through something that's hard, but I'm gonna, I'm, I know that you're in control, God. You may not have caused the hardship. You may not have made this happen. But God, I've given you control of my life, and there's something more that you want to do. You're going to get glory somehow in this, and I'm going to give you praise. Because this is what happens when we don't go that route. We go the route of I'm searching for happiness, so we're not having it. We're going to be sad and depressed, and we're going to blame God. We're going to blame other people, and we're going to get an offense in our life, and it's going to cause us to go off track. We can't go there. Listen, happiness doesn't lead you to happy things. Happiness almost always is like a drug. You go up, but then there's something coming down, right? You can't be led by that. We can't be bogged down by that. So you got to get over the distraction of what happened and focus on what, okay, what now, God? Number two, you got to discover new opportunities. God can change your obstacles and make them opportunities. God can change your setbacks and he can set you up for something greater. Philippians 1, 13, he says, As a result, it has become clear throughout this whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Look what happened. He discovered a new opportunity. He discovered something new. Instead of just, just blaming God. God, why am I here? I, was, I came here to Rome to preach your word. I came here to do this. And look what happened to me, God. I am now in chain. I'm going to be killed. I'm, 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 I'm going to be executed for this. And God, look. And he could have went there. And guess what? We would have never known who Paul was. If that's the way his life was. But his life was not based on circumstances. 
His life was based on Jesus. And he turned it around. He saw the opportunity to minister to the guards. And he saw what was happening, not only in the prisons, but out, out there in a place in Rome that it was illegal to be a Christian. That people were encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. See, God will change your disappointment into opportunities, your obstacles into opportunities every single time. You've got to realize that. Number three, you've got to focus on what really matters. Focus on what really matters. Forget about the stuff that's hurting you right now. Will this matter 100 years from now? Does this matter in the light of eternity? Philippians 1, 15, this is Paul. He says, it, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. So he was having that. People were out there speaking really against him. But what does it matter, he says. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. I love that. He finds something and he rejoices in it. So you got to focus on what really matters in life. What is God doing? You're looking at, you're, you're not being distracted by the hurt and the pain. And see, that's the enemy's plan. He wants you to get off track. He wants you to be defeated. He wants you to stop, but joy is inside of me. I am not going to stop. Listen, it's not easy. I know in life it's not easy with all the pain and all the trouble and all the mistakes that we make ourselves and the mistakes of other people. But I'm going to focus on joy. And I'm, I'm going to focus on what really matters. So God, what, what can I find today that I can rejoice in? God, I'm in trouble, but what can I rejoice in? I'm going to, I'm going to have faith in that. I'm going to rejoice in those things. When you're going through some hard times, and listen, you're going to go through some hard times. It's just life. We live in a fallen world. Until Christ comes back, you are going to have tough times. No matter how great man or woman of faith you are, you're going to have hard times. So how are you going to deal with those things? Don't focus on those things, on those hard times. Focus on what really matters. Discover the new opportunities. And get over the distraction and disappointment. And put your eyes on Christ and on Jesus. So when you're going through hard times, you can laugh, right? Right? When there's not money in the bank, you can rejoice because God's your provider, right? When, the, when, the, when your relationships aren't going well, you can rejoice because you're giving Him your life. And listen, at least you, the part that you control, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna change and you're going to do better, right? Amen? I don't control people. People want me to control people. I don't control people. I can't control you. Right? God doesn't control you unless you give him control. And don't try to give me control because I'm going to reject it. I don't want to control you. You give God control. All I can do is preach his word, 
live by his word, change when I need to change, right? That's all you can do. You have your little circle right here, right? Husband, you can't control your wife. You already know that, right? Wife, you can't control your husband. He <laughs> said, yeah, I know. I've, I've read the prayer request. Anyway. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> My wife, she doesn't send in her, she writes down her prayer requests and puts them on for me on the, on the, on the refrigerator or in front of the, the toilet, wherever I'm at. You know, that's, uh, this is what I'm praying for Sean, you know, <laughs> and, uh, Thank you, honey. I'm just giving it to my pastor. I said, oh, okay. And anyway. You can't, but I can control this. And the best thing I can do is give it to God. See, basically, Paul says this in Philippians 1.21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I die to myself. My life's all about Christ. I don't, I don't control people. I don't control you. I can't allow people to control me by what they do, by what they say, or what they do to me, right? I'm not going to let you discourage me. I'm not going to let politics discourage me. No one is ever encouraged by politics. Amen. But there are some good things. Some. But you gotta you gotta let not let circumstances do that to you. And it's a fight. It's a fight of faith that Paul talks about. He says for to, to me to live is Christ. God I I love you. I give you control. Jesus, you are everything. And to die is gain. So God, here's my life. Do whatever you want. I no longer live. You live in me. So number four, when you know Christ, you're in a win-win situation every single time. You know, I've seen my I look back at my life and, and all the stuff and everything, the trouble, and I've looked at every bad thing that's happened, even the bad things that I've done, um, the bad things people have done to me, and the things that are just, uh, just uncontrollable. We don't know where it came from. But I look at every single one of them, and I can give thanks for where I'm at today. Paul says these light afflictions are only for a moment. And I'm very thankful because God has always turned the obstacle into opportunity. He's always turned the hurt into joy. But you got to focus. you got to focus. Some of you are really going through some things today. You're going through it. The enemy is attacking you on every side. Listen, Jesus knows it. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. But he wants to infuse you with joy today. Yes. 
that he's got this. To live as Christ, to die as gain. Just give him that, that part. Whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's physical, mental, whatever it is, give it to Jesus. And it may be hard, and I don't I, I don't want you to come in here thinking that everything is right on everybody. There's not, I, I have problems every, every day. There's something going on. As a pastor, you, you've heard of, of pastors and, and how hard it is to be a pastor. I enjoy what I do. I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. It is hard. But I found a place of joy in it. But every day there's there's problems with, with people in their lives. There are problems with things going on and yeah, it can be it can be stressful. I don't want to make light of the problems you're going through. And and listen, Jesus knows that and he has a way out. But get the joy of the Lord where you can dance. Amen. Where you can enjoy the life of God. No matter what's going on. Because your flesh wants to worry and it wants to be sad remember when Jesus went to heal this, this this girl and they had all these mourners crying in the room did you know they used to pay people to mourn they hired them to come mourn because they thought that was the right thing to do they, the reason was they didn't want the family to be alone in their mourning it was somewhat of a support. But what did Jesus do? Did get these guys out of here. And he healed the, the girl. Listen, there's sometimes, there's a time for mourning. Don't get me wrong. Mourning can be healing and everything. But in life, on an ongoing basis, we've got to find the joy of God. We've got to find the joy. So you, maybe you've been going through it today. I want, I'm going to pray for you that you're going to be infused with joy that's, that the world wouldn't understand. Why are you, and they would call it happy, and you're going to call it, I have joy. I don't have happiness, I have joy. The happiness I'm expressing is being led by the joy, but it's joy deep down. Maybe you're going through life and everything's good, but for some reason, you don't feel happy or joyful. I don't know if you've ever done that. Everything's going fine. There's no really major trouble or anything. Your finances are good. Your 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 relationships are good. But <laughs> you just are not feeling good. How many's ever been that way? Raise your hand. I have. Well, that's I think one of the major distractions that that can happen in our life is everything's going fine, but you're bored, you're, it's mundane, but you don't feel this, yay, God, you know? And so what happens is, this is the trick of the enemy, what begins to happen in those times is that you want to search for that, that drug-induced, in a sense, feeling, that happiness, right? And then you start to change your life to try to find it. But right now, you are on the plan of God. You are on, everything's going well, but you're, you sort of, you're, in these times, a lot of people, they quit their jobs. 
they move. And when God's never told you to do that, and it gets you into more problems down the road. You see, God wants you to know, even in those mundane times, you just gotta have joy. And it can rise up, it can bubble up from the inside of you. Oh, I'm gonna pray for you. Because that's a dangerous time when everything's going well and you're okay, but you're just, you're searching for happiness. But you already have joy inside of you. And God wants you to step out in faith in that. And I want to pray for you. I want you to notice how the Bible says about how to win, how to have victory in these times. Revelations 12, 11 says this. They overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Listen to this. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They didn't love their life. Life did not control them. They didn't have all, all their stock in life. When heaven is your home, earth doesn't have the same effect. You're just passing through. When you have an idea that you're going to live for eternity, you don't have to worry. That's why the Bible calls heaven the blessed hope. When your eyes are fixed on Jesus, then your eyes will not be fixed on anything in this life. It will cause you to want everything and desire everything. You're going to be desiring Jesus. All, everything is about Him. That's what really gives true life. You don't have to have things to make you happy, right? You don't have to have things go your way to make you happy and joyful, right? Because you got Jesus. Amen? So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Father, you know there's uh, all of us in here. You know each every one of us. You know what we go through. Father, you know there are some of us that are here that are just getting hit hard by not good stuff. And it's causing us, it's, it's really sucking the joy out of us, Father. Father, I pray for those that are getting hard hit right now, that God, that they wouldn't focus on the troubles. They wouldn't focus on the things, the hurt and the pain. But Father God, that they would focus on you, Jesus. That Father God, they would uh, focus on what you have for them. In the name of Jesus, that they'll get over the distraction to discover what are the opportunities, God, not why, God, this is happening, but what, God, is your next step for me. That they're focused on what really matters, that, that, that what's really important so they can rejoice in those things, just like Paul said, and they're focused on Jesus, Lord. Father, I just pray, just infuse them with joy, Lord. Let it rise up inside of their belly right now in Jesus' name that living water that's inside of them, the Holy Spirit that you put inside of them, that they would rise up within them in the name of Jesus. For those who are going through just a, a blah kind of time, everything's going fine, but there's not a lot of excitement. There's not a lot. It's mundane. It's not. It's really nothing going on that's, that's good, nothing going on that's really bad. But that, Father God, I just pray for them. That they will not focus also on the external, but they're focused on the internal, Lord, in Jesus' name. That they will not move unless you tell them to move. They will not be led by the search for happiness. That, Father God, because they are searching for something that's greater 
that's already inside of them, the joy of the Lord. Now, Father, I just pray that the joy of the Lord will rise up in them. And, Father God, that they will focus on you and they will search internally at what you have already established in their life in Jesus' name. And we bless them right now, God, in Jesus' name. Not everyone underneath your breath to say, God, I give you my life. I receive joy. You are in control. I have nothing to worry. I have nothing to fear because you are in control of my life. Every step, every direction I take is going to be led not for my search for happiness, but my search for you. And I will receive all that you have for me in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for everyone in here that they receive you in a new way. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen.